We have anointed announcements and offering here, don't we? We have, we have good people here at New Life Church, don't we? Yes. Just look around it and admire each other just a little bit. And <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> so this is where we walk together in newness of life. You know, I was impressed when we were praying before the service today. Is, you know, we've been called into the family of God, but um, not to be alone. And it's when it's 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 when we come together that he occupies he he occupies our praises together. And uh, I was thinking about you know I uh, we had a basketball hoop in my driveway when I was growing up. I loved to shoot baskets all by myself. It was, and I got I now Hunter's probably got a better shot, but you know I I kind of got that I I don't know. It's just, you know, when you practice it and, you're, and, you, and you, you, know, you do it a lot, uh, he, was, he was a lot shorter for a long time, so it was easier for me to get the shot off over him, but, but uh, I still have the shot, you know, after a while, but, but I also played on a team at school, and you know, when you're shooting baskets in the driveway, you know, that's kind of laid back a little bit, not, not too much pressure. But when you go and you and you and and there's a there's a game scheduled, and, and you show up, and and they call your number, <laughs> and you go out on the court, <laughs> the game is up a little bit, <laughs> your intensity's up a little bit. That's what you're there for. You're not just horsing around. You're not playing a horse. <laughs> you know? You're actually there for a purpose. And there's something about when we come together and we're we're bringing our game. You know, when, we, when we're praising, didn't you enjoy praising God today? Yes. You know, sometimes when I come in here, I'm just not quite there yet. I don't know if you're like me or not, but, you know, we have songs for a reason. It's because God is always here for us, isn't he? Yes. But he, it's, un, it's until we acknowledge him that he becomes a reality in our life. Yes. I've just been, I've been increasingly aware of this, that that. God is amazing. He, he's the creator of the universe. And, and, and he's promised to never leave us and, and, and make us do it on our own. And yet we just choose to do it on our own with God right there. You know, it's kind of like, uh, LeBron, I know you're on the team, but I'm going to take over here. I, I, can, I can handle this. You know, it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. When you got God in your back pocket, I mean, pull him out and use that. You know what I mean? <laughs> that wasn't too sacrilegious, was it? No. <laughs> I'm going to get right into this today because I want to talk about wisdom. Uh, we are all in need of wisdom, aren't we? You know, uh, let, me, let me just get this set up here real quick. But um, our world right now is in, in great need of wisdom. And it's interesting how there can be different perspectives of what that is. And uh, again, <laughs> if, if you got the dude with all the wisdom right here, why come up with something else? You know? Why not just access what we have in God? Amen. I'm, I, did, I said, dude, there, I'm sorry. He's, he's our heavenly father. He's the great I am. But, you know, he's here for us. He wants to be our friend. He's here for us. Amen? So I want to talk about wisdom today. I'm going to get right into this. I got, I got a long, long ways to go. 
Um, so I want to talk about wisdom. And, and uh, first of all, I'm just going to go through, through some definitions. Because I, I think, you know, sometimes we think of wisdom, we just think of somebody that's maybe older. <laughs> okay. <laughs> older, experienced. And somebody that's going to ha- have all the right decisions for everything, and that, that's true. But but I'm gonna I, I want to just look at some things about it that maybe we can will draw us into a better understanding. Okay, so the definition this is just right out of whatever I found on Google. You know, <laughs> the soundness of an action or decision, the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge. And good judgment. So what is there? There's an action that's taken as a result of good preparation. Everybody can't just come up with, and this is part of our problem in the world today, anybody shows up and they say, oh, if I say it, it's just as good as anybody else that said it. Right? If I come up with a way of doing something, we can just get rid of the Constitution. Right? It's worked for a few hundred years, but whatever I have is okay because wisdom is just kind of wishy-washy. Aren't you glad? You know, I was thinking about that when I was just getting ready to come on. Aren't you glad? It's so refreshing to just come in where the truth is. It's, it's, not, it's not variable. It's not based upon what you saw somebody go through. No, truth just stays the same all the time, doesn't it? And it's in the presence of God. We have the spirit of truth. Amen? So, why do we need wisdom, though? And, you know, the first thing is just to recognize that you need it. But why? What is the purpose of wisdom? You know, if you're not doing anything, if you're not going through anything, you're not challenged by anything, you really don't need wisdom too much, do you? Right? If you're just really good with the remote... You know, or the games, right? Or maybe just, okay, I'll say eating. You know, it's like, I don't know, maybe you need some wisdom with that too, I guess. We were talking about the Appalachian. I don't know how wise that is, but it sure is good to eat that thing. Um, oh, well, they don't need to know. They can, it's my little secret. No, <laughs> no I went to, Dal- man, they have an amazing dessert over there. It's, it's called the Appalachian Bar, and... Um, all right, that's just like recommending a movie that you shouldn't see, right? No, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. It's very, very good to, to eat, but um, <laughs> you, then you might went fast for a couple of days after that, maybe so. But, but there's a purpose for, for wisdom, and so let's look at this, because it, it's to resolve problems, right? You have to have, you, it's very important to have a problem if you're going to say that I need wisdom. And that's why when you got a problem, it's very good to acknowledge that you do need it, right? Uh, circumstances, conflicts. That's, that's like anytime you're in, I mean, you guys know this. If you're in business and, and you're dealing with employees, you need some wisdom, don't you? You need to know what to do, right? Challenges. And, and the purpose of it is to have a positive outcome at the re, at the, at, as, as a result of that, right? So there's a purpose for wisdom. It requires these issues. Until you have an issue, you don't really need 
wisdom. I haven't thought about that before that way as much. But I think it, you have to have a really demand for something before you really go take care of it, right? It's the person that has the biggest issue that is in the biggest need of wisdom, right? So the more, <laughs> the more, the more we, we have issues to deal with, the greater the, the opportunity we have, amen, to access wisdom. Now, there's also going to be alternatives that are presented to us that can be very destructive if we're not careful. We'll see this. So what is needed then? You need some information, don't you? You need some knowledge. It's not just enough to have knowledge. You have to understand what that knowledge means, right? That usually comes with experience. But then there's also, do you ever know somebody? I mean, to me, Larry is this way. I mean, (laughs) he's got intuition, just all kinds of intuition. You know, he can see an issue and he just comes up with a, it's like it's, 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 it's just flowing out of him. Just this way to resolve it. Is that true? I mean, that's, that's just kind of the way he's geared, right? But then there's, I, I just want to point these things out. It's, it's, you know, this doesn't contain everything. But there needs to be a certain amount of emotional detachment. How many know, how many have experienced this, that when you are most emotionally responsive, Wisdom is oftentimes the furthest from you, right? When you're just reacting out of emotions, have, man, sometimes, and all it takes is one stupid thing that you say as a result of that, and man, it just destroys, I don't know about you, it, it can crush me for a few days if I do something like that, right? So there needs to be an emotional detachment. That's where you get you, you actually get away from it to some extent, right? <laughs> and then you have to be unafraid of whatever you come up with. You're not concerned about the obvious consequences of what that might be. For wisdom to really reign, it can't be ruled by fear, right? You have to be unafraid. So, let's look at this. Okay, we're going to do our acknowledging God. If we're going to get wisdom from God, we're going to have to turn to Him and say, what is that going to look like? And I like these three things that we've been doing, right? We just initially recognize. I've already been talking about a little bit. I don't know about you, about you, but just in talking about God being wise, about these issues, it begins to cause you to just kind of think you might want to turn towards the wisdom that he has. Amen? Acknowledging that he has, <laughs> well, we'll get into it, all right? But you initially have to just say, okay, he's the one that has it, right? But then there has to be, and we've said this, there has to be an element of awe, an element, and we'll see this, it, 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 you can call it fear. That is associated with it. Where, where God begins to be exalted above anything else. In his wisdom. Amen? And then it's not enough to just worship him in it. You have to begin to claim that wisdom for yourself. Amen? To be transformed. 
you know what, it, as long as you're saying that you don't know, you don't know. But when you begin to take on the nature of God and you say, I have the wisdom of God, it transforms your perspective. Now, that connection that is right there with God becomes something that transforms who you are. Amen? Oh, we'll see this. This is really good. Are you excited? Man, you want to take a couple laps real quick and just kind of work off all that excitement? <laughs> so let's just... All right. That's not... <laughs> okay. So, first of all, we just want to recognize it. And this first one, God's movements. I'm just going to go through some scriptures here that just confirm this. And I think this is just amazing. If we can, just, let's just start looking at God a little bit, okay? Some of the cool things he does. <laughs> so when God moves, it's wisdom in motion. You know, I have a friend that's a really good guitar player. And uh, he's part of Shekinah Glory, the, the music group, you know. <laughs> and I used to mow his grass up in, 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 in Tulsa. <laughs> And it was so funny, he hit me one time, he said, he's out there watching me, and I'm a really good lawnmower, uh, I got a really good way I do it, don't I? yeah, I'm really good at it, and he's out there watching me, and I, and I turn off the mower, and he says, man, that's poetry in motion. <laughs> I said, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Remember that, but mowing for Ray? Uh, so, uh, when God moves... It's wisdom in motion. Every time God moves, and again, you don't have wisdom without motion. You have to have action. Amen? Because wisdom, uh, wisdom without motion is just information, isn't it? It's just potential. Until it's applied, until it's movement, it's, it's ineffective. It's kind of like faith. It's kind of like faith. faith does not exist until there's motion. Wisdom does not exist until there's motion. And when God moves, if, you know, you, you ever, ever heard, hear the term like, if they're talking, they're lying. You know, you, ever, you know somebody, you're trying to be kind of rude to somebody, man, if, if, if their mouth's moving, they're lying. You know, if God's moving, there's wisdom. If God is moving, wisdom is going on because that's how he is. Now, Go with me here while we're, while we're seeing this. Let's just let God become magnified in his wisdom. Amen? Can we do that? This is good, isn't it? Man. Proverbs. Proverbs, it's the wise, or it's the wise book, right? Where wisdom just flows. And I'm not going to get everything. You guys, you're probably thinking, man, he should have used that scripture. You should have used Aren't you glad? There's so much there, right? Proverbs 3.19, by wisdom. The Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided. And the clouds let drop the dew. Is that pretty cool? So when you're thinking about somebody with a resume that you might want to hear what they're going to say, H&R Block just doesn't even come close. Right? God has done some amazing things. I was, I was thinking, well, let me, let me read this next one. Then I got a few comments here, I think. That God's ever-present demonstration of excellence. When, God, when, when wisdom is flowing, there's a good result of it. It's going to not just be, 
It will end up looking like excellence. And we'll go there, okay? Proverbs 8, 27 through 29. I was there. Who's talking? Wisdom. It's like, it's like God and wisdom are, are inseparable. Wisdom is saying, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep. Do you ever just look up at the stars and say, millions of stars, and it's not, they're not running into each other that you can see anyway, right? Isn't that amazing? He didn't just say, I'm going to throw some stars up there. You know what? It takes wisdom to make it to where they actually hang there like they do. You know what I mean? And they still discover stuff about them. I mean, there's a con- continuous movement of wisdom. Amen? It's amazing, isn't it? All right, let me keep going here on this one. When he established the clouds above, that's just amazing, isn't it? How many thousands of gallons are hovering above the earth in those silly clouds? How does that happen? Okay. And people study that and they figure it all out. But, you know, he came up with it. And fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea its boundary so that the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Wisdom. That was wisdom. Amen? All right, one more here and then I I got a couple things I want to say about this. I know you all probably have something too, but I'm right here right now. So you you can talk to each other later about it, right? In God, wisdom that all that exists. I didn't say that quite right, but let me just read this. But God made the earth by his power. He founded the world by his wisdom and stretched out the heavens by his understanding. He didn't just have some information. You know what? When it came to creation, that was a big problem, wasn't it? We couldn't even begin to come up with the stuff God came up with. His wisdom is just overpowering, isn't it? You know, I was thinking about just, you know, um, (laughs) all right, look around at each other again. Believe it or not, these people around you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You might agree with the fearfully part, right? (laughs) It's pretty, (laughs) it kind of scares me and I'm fearless, right? But, uh. But I was thinking about how, how amazing it is that in the creation of, of creatures, you know, there's so many different kinds that they don't even, they still haven't discovered them all. Isn't that amazing? And these fish down at the bottom of the sea, isn't it amazing? And then I was thinking how a tiny little virus can bring down a whole economy. Isn't that amazing? That, that's an organism of some, I mean, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a being. It's looking for a place to go, <laughs> you know. And, 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 it, and it, it actually has a purpose. You know, I, I sprayed some silly ants out here by the front door this morning. Don't you just hate fire ants? This is one thing about Texas that just is not convincing to me. I, I grew up in Colorado. I didn't know what a fire ant was. And I went down to West Columbia, and I uh, was introduced, <laughs> much to my chagrin, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I left my pants on the floor. I went out to, 
to the pool the other day, and I left my pants on the floor next to the back door, and oh, man, I come in and put my pants on, and they were all in my pants. It's like, but you know, there's a purpose for those silly ants. It's a part of God's wisdom. Did you know if, if, if some, even roadkill out here, you know, they, thankfully they, they clean it up. But if you leave it long enough, God's created the things that will actually clean that up. I know it's nasty. I know, vultures. And, and, but all these little bugs, you know, and I, and I killed the scorpion here on the floor. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but there's scorpions around, right? Who needs scorpions? Well, God designed. It's part of his wisdom. Isn't that amazing? Even those, those silly snakes, you know, that are venomous and all that kind of, It's all part of his wisdom. Amen? God is amazing in his wisdom. What's that? As long as it's contained. Yeah, I, uh, I found a snake on the... On the okay, y'all are going to get... You're going to be looking when you leave here, right? <laughs> there was just a little garter snake on the... Uh, in the foyer over here, and I, I, uh, I took it home for Braden, and she, she, I, here's where, you, guys, don't go against your wives. Just don't go against your wives. Um, she said he had to keep it on the back porch, and I, and so I thought, well, you know, we'll use a box. And it was a box like this. Was, this little guy, he's only like, you know, he's one of those tiny little skinny little snakes, you know. And come down, Braden comes down the stairs the next morning, and he's all downcast. And Pastor Kim's saying, what's wrong? Did you have a bad dream or something? I said, I know what happened. (laughs) (laughs) You have to contain certain things, all right? (laughs) And and I am very grateful for, what is that stuff you kill fire ants with? Somebody came up with some wisdom for dealing with them, too, right? They, they are a problem, so it, it takes some wisdom in how to do that. Thankfully, people have been, I believe, directed by God in how to take care of those things, right? Let's keep going here. Can we do that? So, <laughs> so we recognize, though, that God, and we've already done this, I believe, to some degree. We're magnifying His wisdom, aren't we? It's so important to magnify what God does. And it's, it's not, I mean, you, we could just keep going on with that. But when it comes to God, you cannot remove wisdom from God. God is directly, everything he does is wisdom. Amen? And just in that statement, there is a, there's an elevation of honor of him in it. Amen? Which is very necessary. Okay. So. So we need to worship him. I got a few ways of looking at this real quick, all right? And simply requesting wisdom of God is an incredible display of deference in worship. Did you know that Jesus said, you have not because you ask not, right? That by simply asking, in fact, he said, you need to just keep asking. There's the parable of the lady that just, she, she didn't get what she wanted. She just kept asking and asking. Right? What is, every time you ask, there's an, there's an implied expectation, isn't there? There's an implied honor as if who you're asking can actually do what you're asking. Isn't that good? Now, you have to be sure that when you're asking that, it's not a 
wish. It's an actual expectation. But I want to look at this because um, there's a couple different examples from the Old Testament that I want to look at. So when you think about Proverbs, who do you think about? You think about Solomon, right? And, and, and I was thinking about, uh, <laughs> you know, one of the biggest issues we have, Pastor Kim was referring to this today, one of the biggest issues we have, the enemy's going to, the, the most vulnerable place we have that the enemy will touch us is in strife. And a lot of times that happens in families because you're the most exposed to your family. And people, uh, they, they, it's hard to, to, to respect somebody in your family without God, right? That's why we're commanded to do some of these things, because we won't just do them on our own. But I was thinking about, you know, who, the, the cool thing about Solomon, and I think the thing that set him apart, is he had a daddy. He had a daddy named David that was very passionate about God. And Solomon grew up seeing the parts of David. So if you were to talk to my, my, my family, even this, this is the thing about Lindsay. She's, she's getting to know me more and more. And the more you get to know somebody, it's not all good. Oh, that's a revelation for Hunter there this morning. We prayed for revelation. Hunter just got some there. <laughs> but I was thinking about this. Hang with me on this. I think it's kind of cool. So Solomon, <laughs> he saw his dad. He, I don't know if he was there when, you know, Solomon's out in the street worshiping God in his underwear, you know, and it's like, it's not real cool, you know. It's not, you're not, you're not going to increase your... Your church role by, you know, doing that every week, you know. That's not, that, that's not on the level of lights and smoke, you know. <laughs> so, but Solomon saw that because David honored God, that David had been blessed in a great, 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 great. Did you know before David died, he had everything ready for the temple to be built? Great riches. You know, Solomon ended up being the, the most rich king ever, you know. But why? It's because of David, wasn't it? Not just David, but David's honor of his God, his fear of God. His saying, I'm not going to, again, he messed up over and over again. And, and you know what? Solomon knew that. And so Solomon knew that if David could do it with God, and, and he probably had a better understanding than anybody else, that it was only because of God that David was who he was. That when David passes away and he's, and he's given the opportunity to have whatever he wants, what does he say? Well, I know that the only way David got this is because of God. Because David didn't have the natural ability to do it on his own. That had to come from God. 
And I see that the only way he was rich, the only way he had everything else, was because of what he got from God. And so, when he gets to the place where he makes his choice, what does he do? He gives it all. He says, if I'm going to have anything at all, I have to have what I see is only connected to God. And that is wisdom. Amen? Everything else will flow from that. You know, there's a scripture that says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the virtues of life, right? What is that heart? It's the ability to perceive wisdom and to act upon it, right? So 2 Chronicles 1.10, give me wisdom and knowledge. Solomon has this understanding. This is not, he's talking to God. And what's he doing? He's asking What's, what, what's the implication when Solomon's asking? He says, you have it. You have it. I'm going to honor you with a request. Is this amazing? This is worship. And if we can catch this, this one thing today, that just by simply going to God, going to God for it. Amen? He said, that I may lead this people, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? He recognized that the biggest thing he's going to need is to be able to interact. To inter you know what? This is the biggest thing we need. You know if you're in business, the biggest thing that you need is to be able to interact with people. Right? <laughs> All right. 1 Kings 3.28. So... Uh, Solomon lives his life. He's a, everybody admires him. They come to see him because of all the wisdom that he emanates, right? And they actually glorify God as a result of it. What was this verdict? What was the first thing he, he had happen after, after he asked for wisdom? Remember the two prostitutes come to him? And they both had little babies. And one of them dies in the middle of the night. And, 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 and the other one tries to claim him in the morning, right? So, they come to him, and, and what does David do? And, and I was thinking about this. What in our PC culture would happen to somebody that came up with this kind of verdict? Let's kill the baby. They would not get elected again, would they? It just... <laughs> Right? Can you imagine how that would get on, on the social media? Did you hear what he said? <laughs> and this is partly why I thought, you know what? Wisdom cannot care about the consequences. Because sometimes things will be, need to be made that fly in the face of what <laughs> might get canceled, right? And, and partly, this is what I'm saying. We're going to have to know our God to the place that we're not going to be afraid of acting in the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God always has the best outcome. It not, might not be for today, but the end result is always the most important, isn't it? Amen? So, when all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, this is about the, the child, putting the child to... Okay, if anybody doesn't know that story, uh, <laughs> the king said, let's just go ahead and bring me a sword. We'll cut him in half and you can split him up. And the real mother said, no, let her have him. 
because she really loved the child, right? And that was wisdom. It might not work in every case. You might not want to try that. <laughs> Neither one of them might, in the way they're, they're killing babies today, you know. Yeah. But uh, then what happened? They held the king in awe. When you begin to operate, when you begin to honor God, when his wisdom begins to be magnified, it will be, it will be a, 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 an overwhelming effect. Amen? Because they saw that he had wisdom from God to administer justice. You know, there's a cry for justice. And the problem is, Whenever there's a problem, whenever there's a, a perceived issue that's going on, if you're not going to God for the needed justice, what you will do will be much worse. That's why there's a necessity right now. Man, we need to be a people that are rising up. I encourage you to be praying with us. Prayer makes a huge difference. But we need to get prepared because we might need to do more than, we might need to stand up for something. Amen? I see there, there being an opportunity in the coming months for there to be an uprising of righteousness. Amen? To push back this darkness. Okay. So, this is where I thought I was getting to already. Are y'all doing all right this morning? This is good, isn't it? So when there's failure to acknowledge God's wisdom, there's dishonor, division, and destruction. And so this is kind of where I want to point out. We've been talking about Solomon that has all this wisdom and all this understanding. But you know what? He had a son that succeeded him, that came after him, named Rehoboam, right? And then Rehoboam had an adversary named Jeroboam. Now, if you look up, if you, if you go through and you search for Jeroboam, it's kind of interesting. Just a little side note real quick. Jeroboam is the son of Nabat, I believe it is, right? Nabat? And so I'm, I'm trying, oh, well, who in the world is Nabat? You know, over and over and over again, it says, Jeroboam's the son of Nabat, and that's it. You don't know who Nabat is. His, fame, his claim to fame is he was the father of one of the most evil people. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? I'm oh, sorry. That was, I just happened to notice that. Um, but here's the interesting thing. So you got the son of Solomon, somebody that, that was exposed to the greatest wisdom that had ever been. And his first decision is one of the most destructive ones of Israel. It separated the nation. So what happened is, is so what happened is uh, Solomon dies, and and the people of Israel they come to to Rehoboam and they said, "Your father had was taxing us. He was putting a lot of pressure upon us. We ask you to release that, and we'll be devoted to you. Just back off a little bit. Don't be so hard on us, right?" Now, if you'll notice where he went to for his counsel. He asked them, what is your advice? How shall we answer these people who say to me, lighten the yoke of your father put on us? Okay, so he goes to his buddies, his high school cronies. 
Now, there's two places he did get it, information from. The counselors that had been in the presence of Solomon, that had been with him. And they said, yes, you need to back off. You need to back off. But as Coney said, no, you need to go tell them that you have more weight in your little finger than your dad did in his whole waist. And you need to crush them. And Jeroboam was coming. He had ran away from Solomon, his father, to Egypt to escape this pressure. And he's the one that came back. And this was Rehoboam's response. He did not even go to God. He did it out of his own emotional response provided for him by his cronies. It almost sounds a little bit familiar, right? How do I feel about it? Well, let's just go take care of this ourselves. There's a problem. How are we going to resolve it? Do you see both sides of this? And it was not wisdom from God because what happened? Rehoboam ends up losing everything. He tried to, he tried to respond and he couldn't. All of Israel left him. It divided them. It destroyed. It, it was way more devastating than if he had made just the wise decision. Right? This isn't just kind of like a, a wonderful thing. Oh, yeah, we can either go with God or we can't. You know, in our country today, it's either go with God or we're gone. <laughs> Did you know how pre precipitous our country is right now? We're on the edge of something here. We need to rise up. Where is that going to come from? It's not going to come from, it's, it's, it's not attacking somebody else. It's not, it's not attacking people that are, that, are, that are being caught up in this. You know what? They're victims. Anybody that's caught up in strife and, and, and destruction, we're going to resolve this with destruction? We'll see this. This is not wisdom because it doesn't have a good end. Amen? Are we together? Aren't you glad we have a God that is wisdom? Amen. We're not without. In the worship of God, our actions driven by overwhelming awe of His wisdom. So we're just talking about we're honoring Him, right? All right. Psalm 111.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding. To Him belongs eternal praise. To who? To God. You know, how, you know how you can determine if somebody fears somebody? By what they do when they are told something by that person. Now, we don't, we don't have to necessarily get into the, the fear and cowering, but just the honor. Let's call it honor. Actually belief in it. And I'm not coming against any of the things that are being done in our, in our nation today, but it's amazing to me how a whole populace can, can get in lockstep with what somebody says to do based upon what they fear. And at the same time, completely disregard the God whose every movement is, worth, is wisdom. 
Amen. Is this true? Just to begin to say what God says is important is the beginning of wisdom. That means you're not even, you haven't even started if you think you're coming up with a resolution for a problem on your own. Amen? Now, it's, it's, it's not enough to just say God has wisdom. You have to fear it. What does that mean? Now you're going to align yourself. I like to look at worship this way. Worship is when you consider God at any time in your life, and it impacts what you do. Amen? This can happen in the workplace. This happens in the home. We like to call worship when we strike up the music, but no. In fact, it can be far from that. (laughs) You can be caught up in a song and not even be thinking about God. When you need to think about God and it affects what you do, is when you're in an issue. Right? When When you're encountering something where you need the wisdom of God because it will adjust your actions. And unless you're fearing God, you won't even acknowledge what He says to do about things. Amen? Are you with me? <laughs> Worship is the displayed wisdom of a heart. My, I like this statement. <laughs> Worship is the displayed wisdom of a heart that fears God. The displayed wisdom of a heart that fears God. What does that mean? That means when your heart actually fears God, your actions are going to look like wisdom. Amen? While mockery and disregard immobilize any evidence of wisdom. It becomes impossible to mobilize true wisdom when you're mocking and disregarding God. Might be a good thing to worship Him for His wisdom. Fear Him for His wisdom. Allow it to transform what you decide to do. Amen? Proverbs 9, 8. Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Here's the problem right now I I, I see. And this isn't just in in our nation, but this is in our... our, um, Well, let's just embrace it for ourselves, all right? (laughs) Let's embrace it for ourselves. I think there's another, another proverb that talks about uh, you don't argue with a fool. You don't negotiate with people that mock God. You don't try to work it out. You don't compromise. Amen? They just hate you. We saw a great demonstration of this in Portland, right? The mayor tried to, to be buddies. You don't make buddies with mockers. Because until there's a character basis that simply acknowledges God as wisdom, you don't have any foundation for communication. Right? There's no place to go from there. Rebuke the wise. Who's the wise? Those who are acknowledging God. And what do they do? They love you. They're kind of like my dog. When I correct him, he comes back to me and loves me. It's like, that's the most amazing thing. He must be wise. (laughs) 
All right. <laughs> she doesn't think he's wise. All right. <laughs> it's kind of ha- it's, it's good to smile a little bit in this sobering context, isn't it? Instruct the wise, and they will be wiser still. So you know that when you're trying to influence somebody, and they just reject, and they, and they shoot it back, and, and there's no correction. There's a label that they're putting upon themselves in that, right? Teach the righteous, and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It says this over and over and over again, doesn't it? But what is that? And I want to see it like worship. Fear becomes worship for us. Amen? Where it adjusts our every movement. Where we become, we say, God, if you're moving, I want to move like you. (laughs) All right. I won't go there. All right. For through wisdom, your days will be many and years will be added to your life. It has fruit. Amen. If you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. This is the tragedy of what's going on. Is the truth is being bended to just enough to make it like an angel of light, like it's the answer. But there's no going to God for the answer in this. It's saying, uh, high school buddies, what should we do? And the end of it is only destruction. Amen? All right. So... I want to respond in God's wisdom. I want to be transformed by God's wisdom. I don't want to just worship Him in it. I want to become part of it. I want to be a part of God's movement. You know, we we can pray and we can say, God, move on the earth. God, move on the earth. And He says, I need somebody to move through. Amen? That's how God does stuff. I don't know why. Why doesn't He just do it? He always does it through somebody. Amen? Why? Because that's His wisdom. That's the way he does things. To acknowledge God's wisdom in the time of need, transformation. So i got three passages here. Here's something that we need to see, that wisdom is always applied when there's a difficult time, when there's something that needs to be challenged and cared for and corrected. So there's, there's three examples of this here. How many like James 1, 5? Anybody that lacks wisdom, you know what it's been talking about up to this point? That when you're going through trials... Oh, so when you're going through trial, you need wisdom. You know what the enemy wants to do? To cause you to become center-focused on how bad my trial is, to where you become reclusive, and there's no action, there's no wise actions that are... You know what a wise action is? Standing in faith. You will not stand in faith, right? If you're just going through the trial, if you're a victim of the trial, this is part of the problem with the whole premise of what's going on in our country. As long as you're a victim, you're never going to overcome. And you're not a victim in God. You don't find victimhood in God. Was this all right? So, this wonderful passage that says, if you lack wisdom, what do you do? You become like Solomon. You go and you honor God with a request of expectation. And then it says after that, then you don't waver like you didn't get it when you asked for it. You say, no, it's, it's mine now. I have wisdom. Look at me. I'm a wise dude. Right? 
Until you get to that point, you haven't acknowledged God's wisdom. Because the purpose of God's wisdom is to transform who you are. And when you fully know it, it changes you. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. He's not saying you don't qualify. As soon as you go to him, you qualify. It's like, good. Yes. I got somebody to ask. You know, it's kind of hard to get Amazon to deliver anything to you unless you put in an order. <laughs> and then it's pretty much guaranteed, right? And it will be given to you. Isn't that wonderful? Now, let's go back and just talk about God real quick. When He does stuff, He does it in abundance. He doesn't just do just enough. He overflows. He's a God that's more than enough. He doesn't have a reserve that He's holding back. When you ask Him for wisdom, get ready. Amen? When it becomes a relational thing, it's going to be something that you're going to see it happening in that area, and you'll begin. This is what happened to Solomon. He asked for that, and he began to have wisdom in all kinds of ways. When the queen of Sheba comes, you know, she said everything he does is just excellent. Why? Because that's how God gives wisdom. He doesn't just give it so that you can take care of people. He gives it so you can be an excellent in everything that you do. Amen? All right. Are you with me? We're doing good. All right. In the time of adversity, the voice of wisdom heard by the acknowledging heart. Okay, it's not just every heart that's going to hear the voice of wisdom. It's the heart that has acknowledged God, worshipped Him as such, and then they're in a position. Oh, I like this. When you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in. You know who hears that voice? Who walks in what that voice says to do? It's only the, it's only the, the one that has actually become familiar with that voice. <laughs> Did you know that God is speaking to us continually? But we have to get into the position of expecting His voice, recognizing His voice. This is why it's so important to be praying in the Spirit because it's your Spirit that becomes sensitive to where you even know that that's God's voice talking behind you. You know, I heard somebody talking about this recently, you know, uh, Samuel and Eli. You know, he's a little boy. He, ha he hasn't become familiar with God's voice yet. And Eli has to tell him, no, that was God, that was God, that was God, that was God. No, he keeps coming back. He keeps thinking it's Eli. Why? Because it sounded too familiar. Did you know that God's speaking to us all the time, and we just think it's our own head talking? We just think it's, it's just a you know, pizza or something, you know? And how do you really know? Well, you get, your, you get your spirit built up. Amen? And then when that voice talks to you, what is it? It's telling you where to go, what to do. Amen? How many have experienced that before? It's wonderful, isn't it? And you think, why would I ever miss out on that? <laughs> right? Jesus promised the wisdom for times of difficulty. Luke 21, 15. He, Jesus talked about this a lot of times. You know, he said, you know what? You're, you guys are fixing to go through some major things. How many know that the Christians have followed Jesus? Most of the disciples, all but one. 
became martyrs, right? Did they go through a thing or two? They went through some stuff. What did they need? They needed wisdom. They needed to know what to do. Do you run away? <laughs> you know? Aren't you glad Jesus had wisdom at the cross? He wasn't afraid of the circumstances. He wasn't afraid of what somebody would say against him, right? He says, and, and, but he says, but when you need to go and you need to speak, what happened, what happened to Paul? He got arrested almost on purpose, didn't he? I'm going to get arrested on purpose. This is really going to be cool. I'm going to go before kings. I'm going to go before. What happens when he did, he was able to share the gospel in a way that it had never been done before. And that's partly what Jesus is talking about here. He said, you know, but this is something that we can take to heart too. Don't be afraid to step out and be who we're supposed to be. As a representative of God, he said, this is not going to come. What you need to say is not going to come out of your head anyway. But how do you get to that place? By acknowledging God as wisdom in your daily life. You begin to respond to that voice that's behind you talking. And then you get put in a position where you need to speak something that's not just out of your little noodle. And God says, I will fill your mouth. Amen? Don't you like this promise from Jesus? I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. He displayed that, didn't he? Remember they would come and they'd try to trick him into this or that? He always had this amazing thing that came out of him. You know what? That, that was by the Spirit. Jesus did this as a man. He operated in the wisdom of God as a man in this, to demonstrate how we can do it. It's wonderful to say Jesus did these amazing things. He said, you're going to do these in, in greater. He's not just talking about healing people. He's talking about the amazing things that's going to come out as a demonstration of God's wisdom. Is this good? All right. Still with me? All right. Wisdom's appearance and evidence. Okay, I just got a couple passages here that I want to go through. Um, and, and let's just look at this because this is, this is the transformation that needs to take place where God will cause us to be a representative of his wisdom. Okay? And it's going to need to look like something. Who is wise and understanding among you? <laughs> so who, which ones do we decide are? Let them show it. There's going to be a demonstration of it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. You don't get to have wisdom. You don't identify with the great wisdom of God without demonstrating it. It's like being an apple tree without ever having any apples. But if you harbor... Okay, so here's... Who was talking about... I think Buddy was talking about, about wasn't he? Yeah. Some of these, you know, everything, everything's good, but then... If you harbor bitter envy, you know, Pastor Kim was talking about this. How we, how we are interacting with people becomes something that becomes, when, the more you get familiar with the wisdom of God, the more repellent you become to anything that is opening a door. What is envy? That's the invitation to act in a way that's opposite of God's wisdom. Amen? And selfish ambition in your hearts. Do not boast about it or deny the truth. A lot of times when people are feeling like they have something against somebody or envy or somebody's done me wrong, 
you hear it out of mouth, don't you? And they don't realize it, but they're boasting in that as if they've been done wrong. And this is part of the, the, the victim culture. Is all it's doing is magnifying something that has no possibility of good end to it. And what does it call? This calls this. This is an interesting thing. It calls this wisdom. So if we just take wisdom, we're going to say, what do you do in a circumstance? What do you do when something's wrong in a society? And if your solution is to cause more harm, this kind of fits into the 15th verse here, right? Such wisdom, quote unquote, does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. This is the Bible, isn't it? Aren't you glad we got the Bible? We don't have to just kind of stick our finger up in the air and see which way the wind's blowing. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, where there you find disorder and every evil practice. You do not pacify evil practices by saying it's okay. You have a reason. Amen? This is not, not going to be a good end. This is not wisdom that has a good solution to it. Amen? All right. Am I stepping in the deep? All right. But the wisdom comes, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Do you ever just get a, a feeling inside when something's going on and just think, that's just nasty? That's just dirty. It's just not even clean. And it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how much it's being said or how, how it's being supported or whatever else. No, it's just not right. And again, let's embrace this for ourselves, all right? This is going to be pointing fingers elsewhere. Then peace loving. Peace loving. Considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. You know, this kind of is a description of somebody that led, I believe, in this area a few years ago that got, that got uh, murdered. I, I, this kind of looks like a description of Martin Luther King, maybe, right? He's not, he's not trying to hurt anybody. He's loving peace. Amen? This should be a good example for us, too. If we're going to reflect, if we're going to acknowledge God's wisdom, it's going to have to look like this through us. Amen? And it might even mean that we have to, to bear some personal persecution. Amen? You know, in the New Testament, it talked about there's sufferings that identify with Christ. What, what is that? When I'm going to put myself at peril for the sake of wisdom, that's going to have a better result as the end of it. You know what? We have to be ready. Amen? And the best result is not going to be what seems like it in the natural, to our natural minds. We have to be in the, in the, in the realm of the Spirit. Amen? Okay. Praise God. Is this good? It's good anyhow, isn't it? All right. The only source of true wisdom is the Lord. I didn't want to get to this too soon, but you're not going to get wisdom elsewhere. 
1 Corinthians 1, 26 through 31. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Aren't you glad God's, God's brought us out of darkness into a marvelous light? Not many of you were wise by human standards. Does anybody know somebody that is wise by human standards? Because we're going to talk about them here. <laughs> there's, there's some people that are pretty, they, 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 they know how to kind of do some things on their own a little bit, right? Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. It sounds like he's being a little rude, doesn't it? I don't know. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So he, he's actually referring to people that consider themselves to have the answer, to be wise in their own. And God says, I'm going to take somebody that you don't think is anything. And when they submit to what I say, I'm going to cause them to speak as if they are above everybody else. Because it's not coming from just them. There needs to be this attitude for us in the midst of what we're going through right now that just like the only reason we're in the presence of God right now is because of the blood of Jesus, nothing we do, no wisdom that we have, amen, that when we get ready to do what that voice behind us is telling us to do, it's only because of Him. It's only because of the wisdom of God. Amen? I'm thankful He gives us natural wisdom and ability to do things with excellence. But when it comes time for the wisdom that only comes from above, we have to complete, completely be humble and say it's only from Him. All of my righteousness is like filthy rags. Everything that I can come up with is foolish compared to God. Amen? Because it's only in that kind of a vessel that God's wisdom can flow through. He says, I take the foolish things. Paul kind of referred to himself, I'd rather be a fool. I'd rather be a fool and represent God than to try to be spouting off something that came out of my head. Amen? God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Man, when we, come, when we acknowledge God, we, when we acknowledge God's wisdom, we come and we just lay all ours to the side, don't we? That's a necessary part of this. We say, God, I, I come in here just beholding your wisdom. I'm amazed at your wisdom. I worship you for your, your ways. They're so much higher than ours. There's no way to have him lift us up from anywhere until we're looking up to him. Amen? It is because of him, it's because of God that you are in Christ Jesus. That was wisdom in itself, wasn't it? That we became one with Christ. That is, and what happened with that? In Christ right now, the, the part that we talked about, it has to be a spiritual thing. In Christ, we don't just have a ticket to heaven. We have a new nature that is like God. We talked about love last week. Aren't you, aren't you 
thankful for the nature of love that we've been given. But I like this passage. He says, he has become for us wisdom from God. So what should this do? And I talked about this a little bit earlier. It transforms. When we begin to look at God, we acknowledge Him for His wisdom. It becomes like looking in the mirror because it changes how we see ourselves now. Amen? When you begin to see yourself in Christ, you can no longer say that I don't have an answer for this problem. The Spirit of truth abides in me, and He guides me into all truth. Amen? And if God is wisdom, out of his great wisdom, in the worshiping of him for his wisdom, you worship him for the great demonstration of it in Christ. And you can't do that without accepting what that wisdom was. It became wisdom for us. Amen? Are you seeing this? Oh, this is necessary, isn't it? That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, and we looked at boasting a little bit earlier there, right? That's when you're saying, oh, I'm going through this. That's almost like boasting. If you're going to say anything, why don't you say, I boast in the Lord. I boast in what he's done. Amen? All right. Are you good? This is good, isn't it? Excited about this? All right. Can you handle this one more? Can you handle the truth? All right. Ephesians 1.15, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, that's evidence that you've actually been changed, right? I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Why? Because you need to act. You need to act out of that nature so that you may know him better. This goes right along with acknowledging, right? You need that spirit of wisdom. This is not so, that what we're talking about today has not just been a communication of mind to mind. This is God's spirit talking to our spirits. Amen? Can we see this as a communication from God today? Amen? That you may know him better. You need the spirit of wisdom just to know God. So you receive it by faith in Christ. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength. He exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That's God, isn't it? We need that revelation from God. Amen.